Hey guys, welcome to the podcast, Bustle's podcast for radical self-love, fat acceptance, and visibility for all. Marie Southerd Ospina here, and I'm sitting here with the truly inimitable Substantia Jones of the Addy Positivity Project. Um, her images often depict fatness in complete unapology, and they're bold and radical and strikingly beautiful, so I am more than honored that you are with me today. Thank you, Marie. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So for people listening who do not um, who are not familiar with your work, can you tell us what, what adipositivity is and what that word means? The word adipositivity uh, is a made-up word. It's a portmanteau of the words adipose, which literally mean fat, and the word positivity, which we all know what that means. You've been running adipos for almost 10 years. That's right. Which, in my eyes, kind of makes you present in this conversation since way before the buzzword-worthy status of, you could say old. of body positivity. <laughs> <I'm> vintage. <laughs> well, one of, the, one of the front runners in a lot of ways. And I'm wondering what your intro into this kind of world of fat politics and, and fat photography was. What was that like? Um, you may not want to hear this, but it started kind of uh, in a social way. I was um, engaged to someone who was... Uh, not down with the fat body and always wanted me to lose weight. That's so odd for me to think of being in a situation like that. But I was. And um, when, when uh, when I decided we were going to break up, I started investigating dating, uh, kind of on a whim, dating specifically guys who were who had a preference for fat women women. I had the attitude that many do before that prior to that I thought something is wrong with them or they have hang-ups or they fetishize fat bodies specifically fetishizing like that word is such a loaded negatively connoted exactly and and I should I should stop right now and say I don't have there's no problem I have no issue if people uh, have fetishes in their relationship but that wasn't what I was looking for um, so just kind of on a whim one night, saw an ad for a dance, a BBW, I hate that term, dance. <laughs> I do, in the Village Voice, and I just, um, boom, put a dress on, went. And that night, I had, they were queued up waiting to talk to me because I had that fresh meat uh, thing <laughs> because I, I'm assuming this was a bit of an insular community. I found the scene wasn't really for me. The parties weren't really for me. But I did at that point start dating uh, exclusively guys who were who had a preference for fat women. And that's when I learned all about it, that, you know, all of my fears were um, put to rest. And I decided I don't I don't want to um, I love my body. I want to love my body. I love sex. I don't want to have sex with somebody no, who mean, is I'm, overlooking yeah. anything. I want them to desire me hungrily. Yeah. This so, is something I personally am 100% on board with. But the idea of people having a preference, I think, for fatness, it's like viewed so differently from someone having a preference for thinness. It's just... Absolutely. And I do think we have types. And I don't... Like, a lot of people, you know... Do you, do you have that, that body that just captures them and captivates them and that they want to ravish and that they know how to appreciate in a way that someone who might not have that preference Absolutely. wouldn't have a clue about? Absolutely. If you're with a, a partner who has, who has for whom your body has been an ideal in their mind since they were kids, 
How what how are you going to argue with that? What is what is the problem with that? No one thinks twice if someone has a preference for um, a woman with long legs or uh, a man with a six pack Absolutely. or built up. And calves. it takes out the timidity of it on on both parties' ends. I think you know you're not sitting there thinking like second guessing what this person thinks of your body so you're exactly free expressing that oh my god am i fatter in person yeah, yeah yeah you don't have to think about any of that and Absolutely. they don't have to think about can i touch her fat roll and is she going to be offended if i if i touch you know if i'm like grabbing something that's fat like absolutely it's just an entirely different experience and and in in fat activism it's not talked about a lot because i think we're often expected to think only lofty thoughts and have you know we're supposed to be fist pumping all the time but that's how that that was my introduction. It's and it, and it what I found that much of it wasn't for me. The bashes aren't for me. The the parties aren't for me. But it's kind of like you know you've got to dip your toe in somewhere, and from there you start to acquire knowledge. You start to get more and more comfortable with your body, which is what was happening to me. Yes, much of that came from partners, and I'm I, I'm you know I'm. I'm not proud or ashamed of that. That's just the way it happened. So from there, I started investigating um, body positivity before that was even really a term. And I started taking pictures. Actually, the the introduction of digital cameras is really where the Adipositivity Project came from more than anything. I started taking pictures of myself first and was just absolutely alarmed at how different I looked than I than my perception um, in a positive way and I thought I had I had learned a couple of things through the years about about perception about negative perception I discovered that um, we respond more positively across the board in every way if to to that which we find aesthetically pleasing to our eyes and we can whine about how horrible that is or we can accept that it's part of our nature our and biology and try to work <laughs> with it i also noted that the the same fiance who did not appreciate my fat body and wished i had lost weight while while we were together he slowly, and he was he was vocal about this. He said, you know, I'm now starting to notice big women on the street in a different way. Mode magazine came out when we were together, and he brought it home excitedly to me. <laughs> Look! <laughs> you know, and I, so I thought being it, living with me has sort of moved him toward appreciating fat bodies more. So I put those two things together. I decided that constant bombardment of positive depictions of fat people, naked fat people, and at that time naked fat women specifically, um, could maybe change some minds about not attraction, because we can't change that, but about just the aesthetic validity of these people. And even though that might seem like a very surface thing, a very superficial, shallow thing, that kind of is... For many people, for most of us, human beings anyway, that is the source of paying closer attention to everything about that person, including what they say. So I thought, oh, great, I'm going to change the world. So I started um, asking people, can I... Can I take naked pictures of you for the internet? <laughs> and they were like, oh. just random people on the street. <laughs> no, but, but people that I knew, fat people that I knew or knew of. And um, some were reluctant, some were, you know, sure. So I started in 07. I just put up 
50 images and um, with the promise that I would put up a new one every, I think a couple of times a week is what I did at first. And um, within, I didn't do anything to promote it. It was just my own personal little photo blog. But within about a month or two, a few months anyway, um, the fatosphere discovered it. And I'm not familiar with okay, what, with what that's that I love that you don't know that <laughs> word because I feel like that word is no longer used. But at the time, it was it's what was used to refer to fat bloggers. Okay, the online fat community. Yes, and there was. I love um, that. Why don't we use that? I don't know, but <laughs> there was there was actually a. Um, an aggregator called Notes from the Fatosphere or something. I didn't know about any of this when I started out of positivity. <laughs> I only learned of it when um, my, you know, uh, my name started popping up. And so then it really took off thanks to all these bloggers who were posting about it and asking about it and promoting it. Um, and that was great slash horrible, um, but Mostly great. So then I, um, I thought, oh, and I started hearing from people from all over the world, which has never slowed down. I get emails constantly. And that's what really keeps me at it because people, um, even though I wasn't, I wasn't cool with my fat body for a long time, I never really experienced the body shame that I hear about every day in these emails. And that's what lets me know that I I have to keep at it because people yes, will tell absolutely. me, I quote this one woman so often, I don't know who she is, but a woman once wrote me and said, um, I just looked at all the photos on your site and this is the first day in memory that I've not cried about my body. Wow. And that's very similar in tone to many of the emails I get. So, and mind you, as people listening to this now think, well, what's the big deal? We have Tumblr and, you know, you, could, you can't swing a cat without hitting a naked mm. fat lady, <laughs> which is true and it's wonderful and I'm so thankful for that. But in 07, when I started, that was not the case. No, I mean, if you saw a naked woman on the internet, it was for the purposes of porn mm -hmm. or making her the butt of a joke. That was pretty much it. Um, as far as my exposure anyway. Yes. So this was very new and different, and I kept at it. And then uh, since then, so many people have followed suit. I get uh, some of my mail is, you know, hey, I've um, I've started my own out-of-positivity project in Helsinki, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this in India. Um, and then Tumblr just really changed the whole landscape. Yeah. I'm very grateful for all those all those people, all those young people specifically who are um, showing their proud bellies on Tumblr. Yes, absolutely. It's it's undoubtedly a good a good thing. I'd love to talk a little bit about how you navigate nude photography in a world where perceptions of nudity are so polarizing. And on the one hand, you have people who truly feel that it's immoral, it's slutty, it's not right for women to be naked, for them to be owning that autonomy over their nude bodies. And then on the other hand, you have nudity being used to, to sell us things, uh, to sell us products. You know, you have the, the female form being over-sexualized in that way. But your images are, are just are so raw, and they're, they're not trying to sell us anything except maybe empowerment. And I wonder how, how you navigate that and figuring out how to shoot in a world where nudity is so, so stigmatized in different ways. Bottom line, nudity is not sex. Sex is not porn, 
and porn is not evil. And I, I wish I had a nickel for every time I had to say that to someone. Um, because nudity is not sex. And if, if every time you see a naked body, you, you think of sex, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you have to also take into consideration um, the, the point that the nude person is trying to make. I'm very careful, you know, and if you, you know, if people wank to add a positivity pictures, you know, I have no control over that. I don't care. That's fine. You're human. I warn um, potential adiposers, you know, you will be wanked to. You will be ridiculed <laughs> publicly online. You know, you must be prepared for that. People will use you as the butt of jokes. You must be prepared for that. But, um, but sex, nudity is not sex. And for, for example, and people use this um, as a tool for their hate. I'm trying to use um, nude photography in a subversive way. Um, advertisers use it all the time, but they use a particular kind of body. I'm trying the to use it. body. Exactly. I'm trying to use it with fat bodies to help the those that inhabit those fat bodies feel better about themselves. But it is it is still used as a tool of hate, and people don't often don't understand people who should understand there are um haters who uh their tool to stop the adipositivity project is to report everything i do to facebook and i like facebook they i was banned twice last month for posting photos which do not did not violate the guidelines their guidelines yes. they they recently lost a a court case in france and they now are mandated to allow nude art. I have the credentials. You know, I've my work has won awards. I've hung in galleries and museums. I've got a, a two-month solo exhibition of my work uh, coming up in a museum this summer. I have the credentials, but yet they knee-jerk if they see. And the first image that they banned me for last month was you could see far away the outline of a nipple. It was for International Women's Day. It was a group of was women nipple, together. It was a nipple on a fat body. It was a nipple on a fat body. A body that is that an important has, distinction. That has more flesh and is therefore somehow more naked exactly. than the thin exactly. body with a nipple. Thank you. Much more offensive. Then I was back a few days and they banned me again. And where they show the image that they're banning you for, there was no image. And I couldn't get them to tell me what they had banned me for. There were no nipples. They said, look at these photos. And, you know, you take out the ones that are nude. And they were, you know, photos of my trip to California and the sequoias. And there were no nipples in any of those pictures. So I don't. So, you know, the haters have discovered that they have this really fun, quick, easy tool to to mess with to mess with you. And and ultimately to slow me way, way down. I and Facebook is saying, you know, if you keep doing this, we're going to. Um, ban you permanently. And I would hate for that to happen. I enjoy Facebook socially. It is a valuable tool to promote the project. But it looks like it probably is going to happen because I can't get them to to um, have an exchange of ideas with me. Even though I'm in the right, even according to their rules, it's going to keep happening and I probably will be ultimately right. banned. But that is a good example of people um, using nudity in combat, associating nudity with sex, um, and it, that's that's wrong, and that also leads to a lot of messed up 
uh, thoughts and feelings about our own bodies and about the bodies of others. If you are sexualizing every nude body, um, that leads to, I think, all sorts of nastiness. I, I just don't understand the justification there of banning nudity in your case while ads that are almost nude, partially nude, suggestively nude, can still survive on Facebook? Right. I mean, I had um, (laughs) repeated anal penetration in my face on Facebook (laughs) a couple of days ago. I mean, repeated. And, uh, you know, I was like, thanks, Facebook. You know, this really makes so much sense to me. Last year, there was a, a Facebook group devoted to sexualizing underage girls and they made it was not subtle it was not subtle they talked about here's one I want to rape literally in braces and pigtails and I started writing Facebook I would naively thought oh they'll they'll take this down right away they said we reviewed it and they're not in violation so I said okay I have an army uh, we're going to write to you, a whole bunch of us. So I got people all over the world to write to Facebook. They still, they responded to each of us. I'm sorry, they're not in violation. So I hate to say it, but we we stopped writing. At a certain point, we realized there was nothing we could do. Then, like a few months later, we all at the same time got the same email or message from Facebook saying, we've reconsidered and we've we've blocked these people and taken the group down. So we all, like, there was a cheer around the world for this cause that we sort of gave up on because we were at a loss as to how how to move it any further. But that's an example of um, messed up, I'm I'm told sort of residual frat boy (laughs) um, mentality in the management of Facebook, unfortunately. That is unfortunate. I mean, especially when I consider the power that images like yours have. I think Addy Positivity Project in its earlier years was amongst the first times I saw naked bodies that were fat that weren't me. You know, I'd never really seen it. I'd not seen a naked fat body. You know, I'd seen my own, except I barely looked at it because I didn't want to. I was conditioned to think that it was terrible and I was trying to fix Mm -hmm. it, in quotes. So I didn't really spend much time looking at myself or even really thinking about what fat bodies could look like, that they could be beautiful, that they could be just that they could be subversive you know that never occurred to me and I do know your images were amongst the first that kind of something clicked and very often the the naked fat women that we do see in in art are uh, of a certain body type they are um they are smaller fats they are hourglass shaped whereas the adipose skinned as well yes exactly very rarely women of color and uh, on the Adipositivity Project, you have not only racial diversity, but you have many different body types. Because once you get beyond a certain weight, your your fat accumulates in very different, different ways. ways yes. it's, it's all very individual. So, um, you know, you have um, uh, people with very big bellies and small legs, and you have people with um, very wide hips, and they're they're all there. And I have people. This this goes to show you how important visibility is for your own sense of belonging. I have people who will write me and say, I've looked at your project um, every week since the beginning, and today you posted someone who looks just like me, and it made a huge difference. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's what and they're waiting for. making a difference. There's still, we're seeing more nudity of fatness than we were certainly five years ago. And, you know, as you mentioned, there's people on Tumblr, there's girls grabbing their bellies on Tumblr with no clothes on, you know, that's, and that all has a place and that all has a role. But something that I've, we've also been seeing a lot of recently is 
visibility and mainstream visibility as you touched upon of plus size women who are on the smaller end of plus plus size women who are hourglass and fair skinned and have the big butt but the flat stomach that's Mm -hmm. what we're being presented with over and over again I think of Ashley Graham you know she's been in the media just for weeks now since Sports Illustrated and I'm so thrilled that you know a plus model even if it's a curve model on the smaller end of the spectrum has that visibility but then I feel like it's getting to this point where it's it's almost erasing all the visibility that's left to achieve for the bigger fats and for the people above a size 22 who are actively discriminated against. And it's kind of eclipsed things like Gabourey Sidibe being in lingerie in V Magazine, which was incredible. She is a visibly fat woman of color that, you know, we don't see that. We don't see that very often, particularly in lingerie or partially nude. But it didn't get anywhere near the attention that the smaller plus models are getting. And I'm just wondering, yeah, how do we how does one amp up that visibility? How can you even how can you combat the fact that we're kind of celebrating some while leaving a lot of others behind? I think much of what plus size retailers are doing is problematic. And it um, it uh, I'm incredulous when they say, look at us in a self-congratulatory way. Look at us. We're embracing diversity. And they show six or seven mostly white um, women with virtually the same bodies, maybe a couple of inches different in in, in height. Um, But uh, all hourglass, very, very frightfully few women of color. And they pat themselves on the back for that. And that is not diversity. They've even used the word diversity in in these campaigns and yeah, that they is adopt not those words exactly. diversity body positivity size um, acceptance it's it's adopted in these in these distorted ways right they're they're kicking us in the nuts and running off with what we've done <laughs> and they are unsubverting what we've worked very hard to accomplish and it it vexes me it it truly vexes me and uh, I don't really understand why a lot of people are falling for it except it, it pushes some buttons. It's very beautiful. But don't call it diversity. Call it what it is, which is status quo. Visibility is very important. Author Juno Diaz said, if you want to make a human being into a monster, deny them at the cultural level any reflection of themselves. And that really sums up the importance of diversity for everyone. But fat people are not getting the visibility that we need. We are denied it at the cultural level, um, in media, so we have to make our own. How about we move into the segment Words Matter, which is where we kind of discuss words like BBW, fat, curvy, plus size, all these words that have, that are, that are loaded, that have different connotations and interpretations. Well, you mentioned that you hate BBW, and I know that's a loaded one, but I'm super interested into why. Um, maybe a lot of the reason I don't like that term, BBW, is um, visceral. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a lot of logic behind my disdain for it. But okay. for one thing, it seems to make beautiful, the descriptor beautiful, a requirement. Mm. And it's not. It's, you know, beauty is like health. It's your choice whether whether or not you want to pursue it. Um, Do you I don't think know. It, that's a subjective term as well, though. I mean, beauty. It, yeah, like it can it can mean something different, individual to individual, based on their oh, own love, preferences and perceptions. I perception. love arguing this. It absolutely means when I say beauty, um, and I was forced by a detractor recently to examine what I mean when I say beauty, mm-hmm. and I realized or fleshed out more than I had previously that when I say beauty, 
I pretty much mean just as much what's internal as the surface. Um, often, often when I say something is beautiful, I'm not talking about the surface at all. So for me, the word beauty has a much broader definition than it does for most people. Okay. Um, and then what I find, what you find, what anybody finds physically beautiful is also very, very subjective. There are certain things we've been we've been taught that are universal. Um, you know, like babies respond positively to symmetry in faces and things like that. But otherwise, it's it is very subjective. So, do you think when people say BBW, big beautiful woman, they still mean what? They still mean I traditional t- beauty in the face? I but, do. I, okay. I absolutely that term, and I know that a lot of people use it. And um, I'm told uh, I'm I don't do. Um, online dating sites, but I'm told that you kind of have to use that term if you want to weed out um, people who aren't into um, fat people, fat partners, that you kind of have to use that term if you're a woman. And that, I would not have a a problem with that. That's a matter of practicality. But when I hear the term BBW, I think, how you doing? (laughs) That's just what I think. So I avoid it. Also, I really, really dig the the word fat. Yes. Um, It's... Uh, I'm not trying to cause trouble, but it is a little disarming. And some people still bristle. Some fat people still bristle. But to me, it's very, very important to use it. I think it's essential to use it. It it is. If we're ever going to take it away from being solely negative, solely an insult. Absolutely. We have to use it positively. Many fat people. positively often. Exactly. We have to reclaim it. Many fat people still think that it means something negative. And it can, if you string it together with a bunch of pejoratives, yes, it can mean something negative, just like anything, just like any descriptor can. But it is, in and of itself, a morally neutral descriptor. The word fat is a morally neutral descriptor. And the more we restrict our use of it, the more these other words that we don't want to use crop up, like the word uh, obese, which pathologizes, medicalizes that which is a naturally occurring place on the spectrum of benign human variation. We don't want that. We don't want to use the word overweight because that suggests... It implies there's a base weight. There's a, Exactly. There's be. a line. There's a yeah. demarcation over which you mustn't exist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't want to be over that. So, you know, I want to get away from those words. So I use the word fat, 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 fat. I love fat. I do love the word fat. I mean, that is that is what I am. I don't see the point in sugarcoating it. It's, it isn't just... And it is morally neutral. A lot of well-meaning people use words like uh, obese and overweight. Maybe it's just because they're afraid of the word fat. I think a lot of people are afraid of the word fat for (laughs) very historical, deeply rooted issues. But with obese, I almost feel like it's this marker of health and it's like supposed to be this emblem of if you are obese, you are unhealthy. But the funny thing is it's it's rooted in almost nothing. Like obese is a word that's rooted in BMI. And there are so many studies that prove that disprove BMI's validity in a in a health perspective. BMI so. is began as a a parlor trick. You know, it was never intended to be used as the way it's it's being used today in 2016 when we should know better. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the term glorifying obesity and that which apparently we we all do? It's my favorite <laughs> accusation. I love when people 
write me and tell me that um, they ask. Uh, first, they want to know, how do I sleep at night? Because I'm glorifying obesity. And it's usually you're within, leading to the destruction of the echo. world. I am. <clears throat> I've got blood on my hands. Um, it's going to be Wally soon. <laughs> <laughs> I usually tell them, um, I tell them what I am glorifying. I am glorifying body autonomy. I am glorifying body freedom, positivity, body love. I am glorifying freedom from body shame. I am glorifying people who are pushing back against sizist bigotry. Um, I am glorifying enjoying sex by enjoying your body. Those are the things that I am glorifying. Um, and I just stop listening to anybody using the word obesity in an earnest way. Uh, only, Ironically, only in my book. The thing about about glorifying as well, I think when people accuse you of that, accuse you of glorification of fatness or obesity, it's comes with this assumption that you're saying everyone should be fat. You know, every that's what I want. I want the whole world to be full of fatties. And glorification has so many definitions. And my favorite one is to cause to to cause to be or treat as being more splendid, excellent than would be considered normal. So when people ask me, like, are you glorifying fatness? Are you glorifying obesity? In a sense, I really am. Like, if I'm, if that means lifting it up from the socially constructed version of what that means, then yeah, I am. Like, I am, I am trying to elevate the perception of fatness and fat people's feelings towards themselves, why wouldn't I want to elevate that? Why wouldn't I care about that? My understanding of it, um, it leads me to think that I'm not glorifying it because I am not um, exalting it to a point of suggesting that it is a better way of being than no, any other way of no. being. Nor, because, nor am I. Because we are, um, uh, you know, I like I don't even use the word skinny because that grates on me. It seems very negative. It seems cruel and ugly. So I don't use the word skinny. I'll use the word thin, thin. or average um, because average is one thing. It's not normal. I, that's another word that bothers mm -hmm. me. Don't say normal bodies no. um, because that's that's a judgy, judgy, judgy word. Um, but I, you know, glorifying also seems to suggest that. I am promoting something that doesn't currently exist. I'm trying to push something into a point of reality, which is not the case. I want people to feel better about the body they have. I don't Definitely. want I don't want to glorify something they don't have and encourage them to gain weight or lose weight or modify their body in any way to make it something that they don't currently have or don't currently want. Yeah. I want people to be happy with what they have, and I want them to exercise their own body autonomy, realize that what they do with their bodies is their business, um, and remember that same rule applies to other people. Yeah, and, and that's so important when you consider general contemporary you know western perceptions of fatness it's it's bad it's unhealthy it's ugly it's mm -hmm. undesirable it's causing us tax money it's you know it's doing all these terrible things that's what fatness is generally perceived as and you are weak of character and if you are, you are weak. fat yeah if not just entirely bad villainized mm -hmm. and to glorify to me just means to to elevate the fat people who've been told that their whole lives and try to try to just show that you aren't those things. Your body is not a marker of anything more than than that alone, than what your body looks like. That's it. That's the end point. That I am fully supportive of. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
problem. That was where it's mattered. So substantial, something I love to do is shout out some voices and be it body positivism or fat positivism who don't have the platforms that some of the more mainstream people have and that, you know, really make an impact on these conversations. And yeah, so do you have a, a body positive badass of the week of I sorts? definitely have a body positive badass um, <laughs> of the week, the year, the universe. Her name is Dr. Kat Pause, and she is a lecturer at Massey University in Palmerston North, New Zealand. And she is doing so much to spread the message of body love and fat acceptance throughout New Zealand. She travels around to different cities and um, and speaks. She is hosting this June's um, New Zealand Fat Studies Conference, at which oh. I will be a keynote speaker. She has put together uh, the better part of a South Pacific speaking tour for me uh, beginning this June for five weeks. I'll be there going around speaking um, and taking pictures of naked fat New Zealanders, <laughs> I hope. Yes. <laughs> but it's um, it's very important work that she's doing because New Zealand is a country that uh, immig- fat immigrants are have to live under the um, the fear of being deported at any time. Right. Uh, this is, I mean, it's been in the news recently with uh, a chef mm-hmm. who famously has been there for a few years and um, uh, has been fighting that. So, you know, even if they don't follow through on these things, that's no, that's not a healthy way to live. We, I mean, uh, you know, it, a lot of our beliefs about fat being unhealthy have been disproven repeatedly, you know, in um, very good peer-reviewed studies. What we do know is unhealthy is minority stress. And this, when it's coming from the very institutions under which you live, the the institutions which govern you, um, that's far more dangerous than, than any other health risk. How can people find her, find info on her? (laughs) She hosts a radio show there called Friend of Maryland, and it is all fat topics. Um, She interviews uh, fat bloggers and um, fat uh, designers of plus-size fashion. And um, so if you look up Friend of Maryland, you're going to find Dr. Kat Pause. Amazing. Badass. <laughs> so, Substantia, where can people find you if they want to look at your incredible photography? Ah, you can go to adipositivity.com. That's A-D-I positivity um, dot com. And um, beware, there are hundreds and hundreds of naked fat people there. So it might not be <laughs> safe for work unless you work at naked fat lady land. Um, I'm also I on... I wish that was a place. I know. Why there should be. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's make a naked fat Please. lady land. Um, <laughs> there, I'm also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adipositivity. Uh, and if you go to any of those places in the next month, you're going to find me whining, cajoling, uh, and whining some more about my first ever crowdfunding campaign, um, which is to support a uh, South Pacific speaking tour that I'll be leaving for for five weeks beginning the 1st of June. I'm going to go all over New Zealand and Australia and... Um, 
going to teach people about fatness. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to lecture fat people and then shoot them, <laughs> which is not nearly as painful as it sounds. Substantia, I cannot thank you enough for taking this time to just talk to me. You are a gem of a human, and your insights on all this stuff is just so important. I really hope you don't get banned from Facebook again. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Marie, thank you so much for having me in, and thanks to Bustle for everything. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and yeah, please go over and subscribe. There's a lot of awesome stuff and amazing people coming up. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader